Hello, and thank you so much for joining me once again as we share the Word of God through this podcast. I'm Beatrice Valerie Nero, your host for This is the Voice of the Prophet. Today's episode is entitled The Great Divide. No, this is not a geography lesson, but rather a sharing of what I believe our Father is ministering to my spirit concerning the great divide in the church and body of Christ. One day last week, I had to make a run to the local Walmart. I had gotten my items, was in my car, and actually driving out of the parking lot when I saw two former church members and stopped the car to say hello. I knew it would be just a short one, but I wanted to speak regardless. I was very glad to see them, and the way they returned my greeting made me feel that they were just as glad to see me. The wife said to me, why don't you come to visit us at church? My eyes literally filled with tears as I told her no and said, one of the things I've learned is that we must understand when God says that our season is over. I added, it's not church hurt. I'm not angry or mad. I'm just done. And when the father says that it's time to leave, we must obey. I told him that I loved them and drove off. I remember thinking of how much I still love each and every one of the members of my former church, how much I continue to pray for them, believe God for them, and agree with our Father concerning them. But at the same time, there is absolutely no desire within me to return, nor have I heard anything even close to what I could believe would be God telling me to do so. I know it's the same with so many who have walked away from their former churches. Why is that? It's because of the great divide. Unfortunately, there are some relationships that's once they've been separated, split apart and disjoined, there's just no way of bringing them together again. It happens in families, among lifelong friends, and definitely among church members, even with the closest bonds. The love is still there, but there's no desire for the former camaraderie or closeness. The fellowship and affinity has been destroyed, and there is absolutely no evidence or indications of what was once there. Even with the memories of the fun times, the times of intercession, meals and laughter, there's the realization that those things are over. That's what occurs when there's been betrayal, duplicity and disloyalty. It means that even if one were to return to the former places, the relationships that once had been with the members who are still loved so dearly would never be the same. The friendships, trust, and faith that once had been there no longer exist. As stated before, there's no anger church hurt, or bitterness within individuals. It's just a matter of once it's done, it's just done. It's finished and over. The great divide has revealed a chasm that for far too many, it's just too large to return from. We all remember when Jesus told the story of the rich man who was in hell. 
He said that the man cried out to Abraham and asked him to let Lazarus come and put a drop of water on his tongue or to let someone go back and tell his brothers not to come to where he was. But Abraham answered and said, no. He said that there was a great chasm or gulf that had been set in place between the rich man and Lazarus that was too wide for anyone to cross. This is exactly what has happened in the church and body of Christ. The this that has been created through racism, bigotry, and prejudice is too wide to cross over as long as there is no repentance. And remember, repentance is not just saying you're sorry, but having a true remorse that makes one know that the sin or wrong that they've done will never be committed again. Having said that, it brings about the realization that this great divide in the body of Christ is so massive until it's quite possible that it may never be mended again, especially as long as the church refuses to stand up against the bigots, racists, and white supremacists who occupy their church pews. As long as no one is willing to confront the racism and prejudice walking through the doors of their churches, for what it is, the chasm will not only remain, but it will continue to spread even wider. Now, let's be honest. There's always been schisms in the body of Christ that's been caused by some issue or another. There's the male-female separation, where even until now, there are certain churches and denominations where women are not allowed to stand in the pulpit, even if she's the guest speaker. No matter how anointed or spiritually powerful she might be, she has to sit below, down in the congregation in the pews, probably next to the pastor's wife. In these situations, there's usually a small podium brought up for her to rest her Bible or notes on so that no matter what, no matter what the circumstances, she will not step up to that pulpit. Even in this time, there are still churches and denominations that will not allow the women to come to church with their heads uncovered, wearing pants, or even wearing makeup. However, again, I must be honest, the few times I've attended services and churches where I was the guest speaker and these rules were the standards for them, I gladly submitted without hesitation. And if once more I would be invited to such a church, I would submit again. I follow the rules of the house where I'm a guest. In these situations, I'm in someone else's house where I will be leaving and not returning unless requested. When asked to go to someone else's home, I do as they say and follow their rules. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 9, 22, to the weak I became weak, to win the weak. I have become all things to all people so that by all possible means, I might save some. I would never want to offend someone because of what I may want or perhaps may not like personally. However, when I'm in my own home, my own home church, I expect to be comfortable and relaxed following the established rules, which should not include any type of prejudice, racism, bigotry, or, mis or misogyny. 
My personal desires mean nothing when it comes to winning others to Christ. And yet, it should never be a matter where one is mistreated or subjected to the bias and hatred of others simply because of their sex or the color of their skin. But this is what brings about the great divide, the separation within the body of Christ. It's when one person or a group of individuals feel that their way is the only way and are willing to suppress those around them to their own advantage. There are other separations within the body of Christ that come through social as well as political standards. We all understand and can accept that each person has their own political preference as long as they're not forced upon or used against others. They are those who are treated with certain privileges, who names are mentioned fondly from the pulpits by the pastors for various reasons. As the prophet of the house where I served for many years, I was afforded that distinction of being introduced from the pulpit during certain functions from time to time. I knew that the love my pastors and members had for me was a great one. However, there was the great divide that came about, not just in the church I attended, but in many Christian churches across this nation. In all honesty, we all know that for many, the racism, prejudice, and bigotry had always been there, but perhaps not as overt. It was covered hidden and disguised in ways that made it not only easy to ignore, but to actually question whether or not it was real. And as I've stated in previous podcasts, it was something that many preferred not to deal with as long as it was kept in check by those who carried it. Everyone realized that there was somewhat of a divide, but everyone did not realize just how great it had become. Just as the Bible says, a little leaven leaveneth the whole lump, so does a little hatred unchecked multiply beyond anything one can imagine. With the election of Donald Trump and other racist political officials, what was once a small divide evolved into one that is now so great until it cannot be closed or crossed again, and it's doubtful that it will ever be healed. Now, in actuality, they are those, not all, but some who are quite content with this great divide. In fact, From the beginning, they are those who have desired this and see this as a time that should have always been. It's basically the old segregation laws coming back to be enforced with the separate water fountains, separate bathrooms, separate neighborhoods, separate schools, and separate incomes. It was never, as was said, separate but equal. It was just separate. They are those who would prefer it if all non-white members would leave their churches and never come back. But let me share with you some issues about that possibility. In 2 Chronicles 36, throughout the reigns of several kings, there was one attack after another against Jerusalem until it fell completely. However, with each attack against the city of God, the pure gold items were taken from the temple. 
Not once was there an assault where specifically it was not mentioned that the temple was spoiled and articles of great value were removed. What people, pastors, prophets, and leadership in the church don't realize today is that it's the same in the body of Christ. Every time the church allows these attacks of racism, hatred, and bigotry to go unchecked, they are losing people of great value. And unfortunately, it's usually not until after these attacks do they realize what's no longer there. Basically, what's been stolen or taken from them. They don't realize what they've lost. People who are completely dedicated to God, just like the items that were dedicated to him, are now gone. From the kingships of Jehoahaz, Jehoiakim, Jehoiachin, all the way to Zechariah, there was attack after attack with each time articles of great value, the gold articles being removed until the temple was completely plundered and destroyed. What the leadership in today's churches are failing to realize is that when racism and hatred attacks and brings about separation, they're not just losing members or even money. In actuality, they're losing the very ones who are dedicated to God for the use of his service. Of course, there are always those who would say that what's been removed or lost can be replaced and won't be missed. They would say that they now have even more members and even greater givers. And again, who was once there is no longer missed. To that I must say that if more people and the tithe, the money, is all that they're concerned with, then they've truly missed the entire purpose of what God is doing. In 1 Kings 14, 25 through 27, it reads, In the fifth year of King Rehoboam, Shishak, king of Egypt, attacked Jerusalem. He carried off the treasures of the temple of the Lord and the treasures of the royal palace. He took everything, including all the gold shields Solomon had made. So King Rehoboam made bronze shields to replace them and assigned these to the commanders of the guard on duty at the entrance to the royal palace. Here we see one of the first attacks against Jerusalem under the reign of the grandson of King David. This is the first time where it was recorded that the treasures that had been dedicated to God were taken. This does not include the loss of the Ark of the Covenant to the Philistines. But after this loss, not God, but it was Rehoboam who replaced the shields. Let's understand something about that. Should God choose to replace his gifts, then they will be replaced with what's greater, stronger, and for a greater purpose. God replaced Moses with Joshua. He replaced Saul with David and Elijah with Elisha. Each replacement was for a greater and stronger purpose. But when things, people, or items that have been dedicated and used by God are removed because of the attacks of the enemy, that's an entirely different matter. When Shishak attacked Jerusalem, he took the 
treasures of the palace as well as the treasures of the temple, including the gold shields that Solomon had made. What were the shields used for? They were used by the guards of the temple when they were on duty to guard the temple. When those who have left their churches because of the unaddressed racist attacks, it's left the church unguarded with no one to intercede or stand in the gap on behalf of the churches. As Rehoboam replaced the gold with the bronze and impure metal, those who are replacing the pure members who have left, not because of offense, but because of the great divide, may be just like the bronze used to replace the gold full of impure alloys and tin. This is not to say that those who become new members are sinful or wrong, but they are not as strong or as powerful as those who had been there for years, standing in the gap, praying and interceding for the church and its members. Rehoboam replaced the gold shields with bronze ones. Bronze is a substance made of copper and tin and was often used in the making of idols. When Jerusalem was attacked and the temple ransacked and pillaged, it wasn't the unimportant items or the cheap stuff that was taken, but rather it was the gold shields. It was the best, most expensive quality items that were removed from the temple. When racism and prejudice caused the men and women of God to leave their church homes. What many pastors, members, and leaders have yet to realize is that it was God's anointed, gifted, and most powerful ones who are no longer with them. The same way the kings in the Bible continued to be attacked over and over because of their disobedience and defiance to God, they continued to lose the items that were so valuable and dedicated to the Father. Rehoboam tried to replace the gold shields with the bronze ones, but anyone could see the difference between the real gold and the bronze. And so it is with the people, the Christians, who are walking away from their church homes because of those racist attacks. They can never be replaced or replicated. And everyone will be able to see and know the difference. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of This is the Voice of the Prophet. I ask that each of you would share this podcast with others and always remember that it's available for listening on every podcast server and app. I continue to ask you for your support through your prayers. You can contact me through my email at amieagle at charter.net. That's A-M-I-T-E-E-A-G-L-E at charter.net and through the Facebook post or Facebook Messenger. Thank you again for your prayers and support, and may God bless each and every one of you.